because there's something in the water. This is MuggleCast episode 251 for April 5th, 2012. Welcome to MuggleCast episode 251, and we have a uh, special guest here this week, Keith Hawk. You may know him from MuggleNet, recently traveling abroad to cover the release, the opening of the studio tour, the Harry Potter studio tour, and it's Keith's first time on MuggleCast, save for uh, the live show at LeakyCon. So welcome, Keith, who sounds like Mikey. Oh, thank you very much. Oh, thank you. I was struck by your voice when you came on the call. I was like... Mikey? I called the wrong person. It's immediate success. That's a compliment of the highest order. <laughs> yes, just don't talk about I'm Star sure. Wars like he does too much. Um, yeah, so actually, we are going to kick off uh, the show like we always do with the news. Um, but and we're but the the focus of this episode is going to be the studio tour, and we are also going to talk about where we are going to be this summer, and also Pottermore. Now that it's about to open, by the time you're listening to this episode, it may actually already be open. Ooh. And we got some tweet 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 tweets tweet tweets and chicken soup and a whole lot more. I'm Andrew Sims. I'm Eric Skull. I'm Micah Tannenbaum, and I'm Keith Hawk. All right, Micah. So, what is in the news this week? Please, uh, I guess we'll start with the studio tour. But, 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 tell us about it. Was it was it a big opening? Yeah, I mean, the studio tour officially opened. I believe the official name is the Warner Brothers Studio Tour: The Making of London. Harry Potter. Warner Brothers oh, Studio Tour: London, The Making of <laughs> Harry Potter. <laughs> this is like that event down in Orlando a couple months ago. Oh yes, uh, it's just, Harry Potter Home Entertainment Celebration. Let's make it as corporate as we possibly can. <laughs> Take all the fun out of the name. <laughs> uh, but uh, it opened this past Saturday, a big red carpet event out at uh, Leaveston Studios. A lot of the uh, cast and crew were in attendance, and it's now officially open to the public. And uh, as you mentioned, Keith got the opportunity to go and tour the tour uh, a little bit early. Uh, so let's start off, I guess, Keith, kind of give us your initial impressions of you're getting out there, seeing the studio for the first time, and then walking in and and you know walk us through a little bit of the tour. Sure. Um, it, first of all, it's it's just something that every Harry Potter fan has got to go to. It's just insane. I mean, you can read the books 20 million times, you can watch all the films, you can read the set reports, but until you actually step foot in that great hall for the first time, you just don't appreciate the details that they went through to make this thing. Um, it's just, I, I can't say enough about how amazing it was. Now, I guess they, they built these studios ex- exclusively for this tour. So, Andrew, you, when you used to go to all these sets, and you've seen the sets before with all the actors and everything, yeah. I mean, it was in a different area. The studios that they filmed in were in the hangars. Right. It was basically the same uh 
land. You know, when, when you drive up to Leaves and Studios, you're still going to Leaves and Studios. They didn't like move it across the street per se. It's still on the same property. They just built new, uh, places for all these sets to be permanently housed. And of course, you know, it's nicer than the hangars that all the sets used to be in because back when they were filming, you would approach this place and you would never guess that the top grossing franchise of all time was shot in this hangar, uh, which I guess is good. Um, you know, I, w- I was going to say to keep it secret, but there was giant Leavesden Studios lettering across it. Uh, but yeah, so I mean, based on the, co- I haven't been there yet for the studio tour, but based on the concept art, it looks like they built a whole new exterior, which, which is, I'm glad they did that because I don't know. It, it, it was a pretty trashy area. <laughs> <laughs> this is where the catering wagon was. <laughs> right. <laughs> yes, exactly. You know, it's this crooked lot. This is probably where they played cricket. So, all the time. so, so as a Harry Potter fan, when you're approaching this area, because, you know, I remember approaching the sets, it was very exciting. I mean, you must have been getting more and more excited as you drove closer. I assume you were on a bus or something. Yeah. You could probably see it from a distance. Right. I mean, that, and that's one thing I want to, to say to everybody is how to get there first is, you know, obviously it's about a 20 minute train ride from, from, uh, London out to Watford Junction. And then you go Kings out. Cross? You know, no, actually London, Houston. So you take this train ride out to Watford Junction, and then you go out to the bus area, and here comes this big WB Studios tour bus. It's a regular double-decker, but it's black. It has Diagon Alley on it, and it has, you know, all the wording on it. So the, the bus is just incredibly beautiful to look at, and, you know... You're so excited. All you do is start snapping pictures all over the place. So I have like 10 pictures of the bus. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess, well, you know, they're going to have three buses rotating for the public to go back and forth. And uh, it's a two-pound bus ride to go to the studios. It's only about a 10-minute drive. It's not It's not far at all. So, I mean, you're, you're on this bus with other Harry Potter fans and you're all excited and then you see the studios and, you know, your breath is just taken away. You see these massive yellow buildings. Um, they call them Studio J and Studio K. Um, is where the studio tour is in now. Was uh, that for that. JK? You got really? it. Yep. Seriously? They did yes. it for her? Yes, oh, wow. they did it for her. That's exactly right. I'm glad you picked up on that. <laughs> I would have been disappointed if you didn't. It's a massive parking lot, and the buses pull right up, and then you see, you know, welcome to the Warner Brothers Studio Tour. And uh, it's beautiful. I mean, the landscaping's done nice. The The entire area is just absolutely beautifully done. And once you're done snapping pictures outside, you walk inside into this massive entrance, and all you notice right away is all the portraits above the entrance. Um I counted them. I think there was 21 or 22. I forget now, but all the portraits and, and it's young, the young Harry, um, young Dan, uh, Dan Radcliffe, young Emma Watson, young Rupert Grant. And then the older they got, there's Neville, Luna, Dumbledore. I mean, all the characters that you love are on this wall in massive detail. And it's just, it's just beautiful to walk into. So when you say portrait. Did they, did these photos have like a, uh, or these did these portraits have a use in the film, or were they designed for like the lobby area, like after the fact? Like, do you think that these they were, they were used? from? Um, they were from Empire Magazine, I think. I rem- I saw pictures. Somebody took pictures of the insides, and I remember those those pic- those portraits. I think they're from oh, Empire. Okay. Well, they were high def shots from part, for sure. The part two film release. Yeah, but they were high definition shots, and they were massive. Uh, posters and yet so crystal clear so it's amazing that you know you're seeing dan radcliffe from 10 years ago and he's in real crystal clear 
imagery up on that wall. So, I mean, that was pretty cool just to, to see how they grew, uh, you know, as they got older and stuff. It's kind of just a, a recapture for you uh, of what the past 10 years have been like for for, for the visitor. Um, after that, so, go ahead. Oh, well, uh, go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. Well, you know, just in this entrance hall, they have, you know, a coat check and, and bag check in case you need that for the winter time or, you know, whatever you're carrying. So they do have that accommodation. Um, they have an eating area right off the wing, um, before you go in. And they also have, um, to the right is the gift shop. And I guess you can go in there. I didn't go in there to look right away. I saved that for the end, but outside of the gift shop, they have two window displays, one of, um, a little bit of Honeydukes and the, uh, the treat cart, the candy cart from the, from the Hogwarts Express is in there. And then on the left side is some of the robes and stuff. So, um, at which point do you get the butterbeer? Is that in the tour or is that outside during the, the tour? The, the, it's the midway point during the tour. Yep. Really? Yep. And they, you have to pay for it or is it free? I wish it was free. No, they, you pay for it. <laughs> They're going to get you everywhere. Oh, so like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, well, one of the things I wanted to ask, you said that you did the gift shop at the end, but do the, do the bags for it that you get, do they say Warner Brothers Studio Tour London, the making of Harry Potter, or do they say something a little bit more fancy? No, they're just nice plastic bags that say WB Studio Tour. I have oh, okay. several so, of them. So even, even I was going to say, because even the bags aren't abiding by the name then, which is which seems to be really long and we all have... Well, because know. eventually they want to expand the studio tour to other films. They don't want it to just be Harry Potter right. forever. So Warner Brothers Studio 2, da-da-da-da-da, you know... You think that's going to happen? Burbank, California, the making of... They well, have they said already, that. Yeah. They already have a studio tour in their home lot in Burbank. Yeah. Um, but that's actually more like the history of... WB, you know, the water tower is there and it's all really cool. But, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I just guess it's, it's, it's such a long diplomatic title. So I wondered what was on the gift shop bags. Yeah. I mean, I what would you say was your, uh, favorite? Okay. Well, first of all, how long was the tour itself? And, and you were with a guide, right? Yeah. No, well, no, you're only with the guide in the very beginning. When you first enter, you go into this small room and they have eight poster size screens on display and while everybody's gathering in there they're showing you posters from the films from every different country so you're seeing you know the france poster the german poster the iranian poster you know things like that just flashing around um and then they do a short film on how david Heyman acquired the rights to it so it's a nice introduction to you know, how the beginning of this thing came from the, from, uh, Dave's assistant, or, yeah, Dave's assistant who read the book, and I, I can't remember her name, sorry. Um, and she brought it in, and Dave goes, you know, did anybody read anything good? And she's like, uh, yeah, this is something you definitely want to read. And this was a girl who was never excited about anything, and all of a sudden she's excited in this meeting. So David took the book home, and there we go. We got, you know, the next 12 years covered. I hope she got her cut. I hope she did too. I mean, <laughs> I never heard of her guy. name, so uh, you know, I hope she yeah. got recognized. That was but, part of the agreement, I guess. Yeah. So once you're done with that little film and you're standing in this room, they they take you from that room into a cinema area where you sit down for a, another film. And so these this cinema is uh half moon shape basically uh the seats it's almost like you're in a regular theater real nice comfortable seats and uh they basically they show you another new 10 15 minute film but it's the trio 
talking about the 10 years and some of their moments and what you're going to see on the tour. So that was really nice. Now, this is where it got exciting, though, is, all right, you're, you're anxious to go in and see these things, right? And here the film ends, and you think they're going to escort you off to the right. Well, no. The freaking screen goes up, and there's the Great Hall doors right in front of you. You're like, whoa. Oh, very cool. Oh, oh. wow. It's like, and, and, the, <laughs> and the statues that came to life in Deathly Hollows, they're right there. I mean, so from the cinema, the screen goes up, and bam, you're right into it. So they guide you through the Great Hall doors, and they do a very basic tour of the Great Hall. And I mean very basic. They'll point out a couple things to you. From that moment on, through the rest of the tour, you're on your own. And you can spend as long as you want there. As long as you want, but they want you out of the Great Hall before the next tour starts. I see. Now, you can come back in after they're in. So if you didn't get pictures of something that you really want to get pictures of in the Great Hall, you just have to step out for a little bit, and then you can come back in. Um, they generally don't want you going backwards, obviously, through this thing. But um, right. the, way, the way it flows, it actually works out really well. Now, is there? I was going to say, is there a theme? And and one of the questions I want to ask you, you know, you got to see the exhibit, right? When it was in, was it when it was in New York? You saw it, and 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 so there's the eight posters, and it plays a little movie, and then you go through sort of, and there's different themes, different areas. Was it at all like that, or how was this laid out? You know, in comparison or in contrast, well, that to was that the exhibit to me was a little bit of a mishmash of everything. Okay. Um, where and, and no it was pictures. more proper. That was a huge thing. Yeah, it was more prop oriented. So you saw the costumes and stuff like that. Um, but, but here you're seeing the sets and the actual pieces that they use. Now I'm not saying they didn't use them in the exhibit. I think they right, actually do right. use them, but they're like the second sets and third sets of things. Yeah. Yeah. So this set that you're seeing in here of all the costumes and all the props are the real ones that were in the movies. And there's also that right. special feeling of, well, this is where they were actually shot. These are the real sets. I mean, you know, they can't replicate the Great Hall in the Harry Potter exhibition. These are the types of things that will only ever be seen at the studio tour in Leavesden. Yeah, I mean, they're too big to move, at the very least. Yeah, and I mean, there's so much history, especially with the Great Hall set. I mean, that one and a couple of others have been there forever. And just think about how many hours were spent there by the cast. Oh, my God, I can't. You know, that just blows my mind. But how do they, if there's no tour guide, how do they really convey that? How do they tell you stories? Are there plaques on each set that tell you a little bit of history? Or, you know, how do you get that information? Because I imagine with 10 years of filming on those sets, there's tons of stories to talk about, for, about each set. So is there any kind of guide or a way to... to yeah. How does that work? Well, there is placards with every set that tells you a basic story of it. It's nothing major. It's nothing that you don't already know. Um, it's an introduction to like, they'll have a producer screen and they'll show you all the producers. Um, they'll have a placard of all the directors, the screenwriters and things like that. Um, and each set has its own piece. You know, this is the, this is the borough. This is the Gryffindor common room, etc. So they do have a plaque there, but you know what? <laughs> the key to this tour are the staff members that actually work there. They have just as much knowledge as us in the Harry Potter films. In fact, four of the staff members that I met actually were extras in the films. Oh, that's cool. Oh. So, in fact, the one girl I met, she, uh, I want to say her name right. It was, uh, Katie Rosedale. 
she was doing the Dumbledore's office set for us. And I got to talking to her for a while. And uh, she was in four of the films from Order of the Phoenix on as a Slytherin. Actually, from Goblet of Fire. I'm sorry, from Goblet of Fire on. She was a, uh, a Slytherin student. So, like, when the uh, Bobatons and the Durmstrang guys came in to do all other things, she's sitting right behind Ron and Harry. So, she said she saw herself on the big screen. It was kind of cool. But they've been so entwined into this, and they've been filming in the Great Hall, so that they have the, the that extra knowledge of how this stuff is put together. Well, what was she doing there if she wasn't a guide? They're just there's staff members stationed at each area that that are fully in tune with every little detail about that particular set. Oh, okay. So, so if you have so it's like an amusement. So if you have a question, right? Yes. If okay. you have a question on something, go to them, and okay. I, and I really encourage any visitor to talk to these staff members. They'll give you information that you just didn't know. And there's also the digital guide narrated by Tom Felton. That's an extra five quid. It and is. I didn't listen to it. I didn't get uh-huh. that. I, I, so I don't know what that's like. I hear Tom Felton just plugs, imagine his, plugs his Twitter account on it. It's really <laughs> um, okay. So what, what would you say is your like top three to five sets? The ones that I guess most wowed you. How, I you say, how many appreci- sets were there overall? Do we know? Three to five. Uh, you name it, it was there. Eighty-five. No, it was no three to five. I was oh, three to five. Three to five yeah. sure. <laughs> um, boy, narrowing it down to two. I mean, let's just take Great Hall out of it because I think that's going to be everybody's yeah, favorite. Yeah. Okay, I think that's just the natural favorite. Um, the potions classroom was amazing. Is it which, and then, which potions classroom is it? Is it the, the It's actually a double joint at one. It's like the entire potions classroom and on one end you have Snape and on the other end you have Slughorn. But they have the entire the entire room is filled with potion jars. And, and these potion jars the, uh, there's hundreds of them, okay? I mean literally hundreds of them. Each one of them has something different inside and hand labeled with a different name. So there's no duplicates. And, and in fact, the person that was standing in front of the potions classroom was, was telling us, it was uh, my friend, Jose and I, and, and they, they were telling us that they would go out to uh, like a, a toy store, for instance, and just get some junk toys, right. Or, you know, whatever they could find. And so they got like a toy frog. Well, they would take the, the, the frog legs off and then they would do stuff with it and put it in a jar and label it. So, I mean, you know, almost. <laughs> yeah, anything you can think of is in those jars. I mean, if you need something, it's probably in there. So, so top. Uh, so, so what other set? Another one or two. Okay. So the great hall, the potions classroom. And then of course the Hogwarts model is just, Oh yeah. Uh, words do not describe what that is like okay. it, how, until you see it. I got to ask, how close can you get to it? Um, you're not going to touch it at all. You're probably okay. going to be ten, 10 feet away from any piece of it. Ooh, it seems so big, feet. though, that, you know, it that doesn't really yeah, matter. Yeah. It's a bit like a large enough scale, it's, but I still worry that I'm going to want to really pour over. Like well, what are you, models. four years old? This is a museum. You can't touch. <laughs> Stay away, says Stuart Craig. But I read, well, I read somewhere else that it was very hands-on. 
Well, the whole tour is hands-on as far as, you know, you can push a couple little buttons and see some animatronics running. I mean, you know, that was that was another cool thing in the uh, creature effects department. You push a little button and you see the uh, the Horcrux Voldemort under the, uh, in the King's Cross area. You see oh, him no. That's really cool. <laughs> no, that's the last thing I wanted to see on that tour. It's, it's that so is so cool. Nightmares. Every time I close my eyes, I see that thing. I really don't need to pay to go to London and see it. Is it bloody? <laughs> No, it's not bloody. It's just white. It's just naked. But it's it's really cool to push the thing. Yeah. <laughs> Were there any other interactive elements of the tour? There's a lot of them. There's a lot of them. Um, in the uh, uh, borough, for instance, they have these wands set up so you can move the wand and point it at something, uh, like say the iron, and it'll iron, or the knitting needles, and it'll do the knitting needles, uh, or you know whatever. There's a couple of those features in there. Um, the creature effects had a lot of uh, a lot of interactive devices in them, um, but there's also a movie that plays through the uh, creature effects, and it's uh, Warwick Davis and Nick Dudman do a film for you, and it's probably about like a four section film. So you walk into the creature effects area, and he starts off with what's in front of you and how it was originated and created and stuff like that. And then, he, you know, they do a little skit, and then he says, follow me over here. So you follow him over there, and there's another, you know, another piece of it. And it was very funny. I mean, you know, Warwick Davis is hilarious, and yeah, it, it was just it was just a trip. But going back to the, the castle for a minute, when you walk into that room, it, you're walking on an elevated portion. So you see the top of the castle, and obviously there's a big area there for people to take pictures on. And then gradually, and I mean very slowly, you walk around and down a ramp all the way around it and go back under where you started. Ah, cool. So, but take a camera with you that has a good zoom lens on it, and you can create your own shots that you saw in the movie. I I did it with uh, where the end of the bridge is and Neville standing there, you know, you're going at Scabier, you know, yeah, you and what army, you know? So I took my camera and I put it right in that position and I could just picture Neville standing right there. So that's cool. So there's grass and really, stuff on really it. Really cool. And the- oh yeah, trees, grass. You, you would, you would think it's real. Yeah. I mean, they, each shingle was laid individually. Wow. By like, so, by like I mean, sky crane, by like a mission impossible hanging from the ceiling kind of stuff. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> now, now, maybe you mentioned this before, but uh, you said that there's a Studio J and a Studio K. Uh, yeah. And what's in okay. between? Okay. Studio J is the main set, okay? It has every set that is in the films, with the exception of Diagon Alley, okay? So you have... That's in Orlando in a couple of years. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's actually, yeah, you get transported there. You get support key, and you take it right there. Um but you have, you know, the Great Hall, the Borough, the Potions Room, Dumbledore's office, the Ministry of Magic, Umbridge's office, um, just a, a whole bunch. The, the Quidditch flying area where you actually get on a broom and fly. Is there any? And that, that's cool. That's cool. Oh, yeah. How do they do that? You're sitting it's, on a broom. How's it elevated? You, you put on a, a robe. They only have one Ravenclaw and the rest are Gryffindors. So sorry for anybody else. But you uh, get on a broom. They, it's screen screened and then they tell you, go ahead and lean and do whatever you want to. And you can see yourself on the camera flying through different scenes in the movie. So like when they did the escape from Privet Drive to go to Grimmauld Place and they fly across the uh, water there, across the Thames, you're actually doing that and you see yourself flying. 
cool. And then they then they tell you, you know, okay, look at this camera real quick, and then they look up and look at the camera above, and they take a couple pictures, and then when you're done, you get escorted around, and they they show you your pictures, and of course, you want to buy every single one of them, so. You know, you'd go through there. And that wasn't too bad. It was uh, 12 pounds for one pitcher, 15 pounds for two, 18 for three, 20 for four. You know, so yeah, just to let people down. know what, what you're spending in. How much, um, how often can you actually touch anything other than the interactive elements? Like how often, I know like in the, in the Great Hall, it seems like they, they have it roped off towards the end where the uh, professor's table is, if you will. But at, how often are you able to really like get within a set? You're not. No. Uh, no. Uh, you're not able to really touch any. I mean, you could reach over and touch some of the costumes in uh, Studio J. They have a bunch of uh, the costumes. They have a uh, Flor de la Cour outfit, which is really cool. Um, with all the measurements and everything on how they made it, they have a lot of Ivana Lynch's costumes in there. The the, the Christmas tree dress that she has, um, her sundress from the the wedding at Deathly Hollows. You know, the, a whole bunch of those things. And you could you could probably reach over and touch them, but they'll probably smack your hand off. Or that's you know, what those people are there for, you. Eric. You were wondering their yeah. purpose. That's what, and they're worth that's every fun. penny. <laughs> <laughs> well, the uh, so you can't go up to the teachers' table and 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 or, or even the podium that Dumbledore has and no. say. No, so, it's all roped off in the front of the stairs. You know, that was kind of oh, something that, that... Now, you know I would do that. that was, I think I feel like that's misrepresented. Andrew's seen me do that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that was something that kind of bothered me about the theme park, uh, the the queue for the Great Hall. You can go in and you can see Dumbledore's office and it's cool, but I feel like the the ropes really take you out of the scene. You know, they go on and on about how immersive everything is, but then, like... They have these ropes up everywhere, so you can't so you can't walk up. And I get why they have those, but it's just well, I mean, with the theme park too, you can't get too close because then you realize that Dumbledore's a hologram and he's not really there. But <laughs> that's uh, true, true. But I he's think like Santa. The, at least he's <laughs> like if you want to take a picture of the uh, yeah. Mirror of Erised at the Wizarding World, for example. That's true. There's that's, a there's a gate the, right in front of it. And you can take two a good lines, picture. In fact, you know, in that the thing with the. The ride is that it's just a queue, you know, for a ride. So areas like the entire inside of Hogwarts, if there's anything you wanted to see, you pretty much have to like just walk right by it while you're in line, you know, when that line is full. So that's why that is not a, a, a sufficient Hogwarts experience um, like the studio tours, maybe. Yeah, just going back, though, Keith, what's in between the two studios? Well, that's the, the, you go from Studio J and then you go outside and you grab your butter beer. Um, that's where they serve that. And outside are some of the outside sets. The night bus is out there. The Fort Anglia is out there. Privet Drive. The, uh, gravestone for Tom Riddle. Okay. From Goblet of Fire is out there. Oh, cool. Uh, the Potter's Col, the Potter's Cottage is out there. And also the bridge. The bridge is out there. Um, that Neville runs across. Oh, no way. Or, or the, yeah, I mean, so you can't walk on it, but you can take a picture of it and you can see down how it curves and all that stuff. So that, that was pretty neat. Wait, wasn't that blown up? It was. They, uh, magically reconstructed it. It was a Reparo. Oh. I think I they, I guys. think they construct, reconstructed a lot of things for this. Reparo Max. If, if you want more butterbeer, can you go back and buy it? Like, yeah. Yeah, you can. Okay. And how much is it? Um, I want to say it was 250, but I don't take my word oh, on it because I don't really remember. And it's the same mugs as in the oh, Wizard no, of the Park, no, right? Oh, no. Oh, no. It's a little plastic <laughs> cup. 
You're getting oh, no. a, a little plastic cup. Yeah. Now Does it say studio tour on it, I guess. No, no. It's, I mean, seriously, it's a white, it's a clear plastic cup that you get at Kmart. Right. Well, oh, I, I wonder if they'll change that. That's a bit that. disappointing. Yeah. Though I know, I know in the Wizarding World, they, you can get it in plastic cups and it's, it's just, you know, I, I didn't world, ask. I don't, I didn't ask. So maybe you can. I, yeah, I really don't well, know. Well, it obviously they kept the foam, right? Yeah, so. they kept the foam. They kept, they said they brought the same recipe on. Now, Jose said that it wasn't the same. Now, I know I'm a bad Harry Potter fan. I've never been to the Wizarding World. Sorry. Forgive me. But, Wait a minute. You were totally down at the, the hotel. I was down, the I was World. down there for that one day. Remember, I flew back oh, to Atlanta. Right. I oh, forgot right. about that. Yeah. So. so I was only down there for the one day. But anyway. So no, nobody here. Yeah. So well, uh, Jose I, said it was the same, same recipe, but not the same taste. So I don't know. It's the water. I'm telling you, it's yeah, the water. I was just gonna say it's the British water. Because <laughs> I, one- uh, I, they had it at Wizarding World Los Angeles, the grand opening too, and they had the butter beer, and you know, I was, I was really excited to have it, and then I tasted it. I'm like, this is different. This is, this is, this is made with smoggy LA water. Well, no was wonder. it, was it more carbonated? Do you think? No, it wasn't. I can't even tell. It was just a taste thing. It was because this one thing. seemed really carbonated. It seemed like it was pure cream soda. You know what I mean? Mm. Yeah, I mean, well, it does, at the Wizarding World, it does taste like cream soda. Uh, I, I really, yeah, I really, it, it's great that the studio tour has this, cause a lot of these people in England, I imagine, probably have no plans to go to a Harry Potter theme park. So to get it there in England, where the films and books were created, I think that's special. I think what's funny about it, or what must be funny about the studio tour, is that all the employees are speaking in British accents, but, the people who go to see the studio tour who live around there will be least surprised or appreciative of that fact. You, uh, you know? know, I don't know if I believe that. I think there, I think there's going to be a lot of the visitors coming in from the UK overall. I mean, I, I think they're going to be a, a handy amount of people in there from the UK. It's, I, I it's their biggest that. attraction they're going to have. I want. Well, I mean, what, what, yeah, go ahead. Andy. I wanted to. I wanted to ask, what is this worth it for somebody coming over from the US? Or, it's, a, or it's an expensive trip. I mean, the secret, in, in, to me, in my opinion, the secret to going over to the UK for a Harry Potter experience is not only the studio tour, but then do like Jose and I did. And we spent a day in London finding things in the books. We found Charing Cross Road. We ate in a cafe, a shabby cafe off of Tottenham Court Road like they did in Dathley Hollows. We looked for the <laughs> leaky cauldron entrance. We, uh, you know, we went to, uh, Paddington Station and had a hamburger like Hagrid and Harry did in, a, in Sorcerer's Stone. So, I mean, you know, uh, we made our, our own little adventure and then it, then it becomes worth it when you can have some fun like that. So, yeah. if you're going to go, I really encourage you to take a friend with you that has a little bit of a love for Harry Potter and just go nuts. Yeah. I mean, I can see this being the perfect addition to anybody's tour of England if they're going over there for other things as well. I, I It doesn't seem like it's worth it, and I don't think anybody was expecting this anyway, but I don't think it's worth it just for the studio tour. No, you have, you have to do, to do other, other things, things yeah. like in London specifically. Yeah. Well, there's that London Harry Potter London taxi tour that you could take. I, I didn't yeah. take it, but I heard that's pretty good, and it's a little expensive, but it that I used to be really bad. good when they were actually filming because they would take you to the sets, I think, or, I or try to get you into the sets. I never heard about this. What's this? Oh, yeah. We were, we were posting set pictures from these all the time because they would oh, go and do man. these tours. And, you know, while they're taking these people on tours, they would take pictures and then post them on, on their website. And then <sighs> we'd repost them. I, wow. Yeah. It was, uh, they were, I think it was like the London Bus Company or something like that. London, let's see. Yeah, it's called London Taxi Tour. Oh, that's it. Okay. Yeah. You're right. Yep. Taxi Tour. 
the um what else was I gonna say? Uh yeah, yeah, I pretty much lost it. So <laughs> Okay. <laughs> well so I guess we could probably start wrapping up the studio tour. Well, talk, I, that but, was Studio J and outside. Now you have to get into Studio K. Oh, okay. Well, so what's going on? Well, Studio K has Diagon Alley in it, so that's the only set that's in there that you didn't see before. But then there's also all the creature effects and how they made the films, the miniatures, the architectural plans that are all laid out in the walls. So you see all the details from creative art to the architect to the finished uh, to the miniature model to the finished production. So you see all the stages that they that they did, and you know just just to put a little emphasis on it, these guys are masters of art. And that's why this film has been so successful. I mean, these guys love everything that you, that they do and they go way above and beyond of whatever, what you'll see in a movie. So, I mean, the details were just extraordinary. So then you get done with that. You go through the Hogwarts model area and then you finish up your tour in this wand room. And in this wand room, it's, it's almost like walking into an Ollivander's, a modern Ollivander's. Um, and there's over 4,000 wand boxes each with each name of every person that's ever worked on the film. So we're talking from drivers to caterers to JK Rowling. I mean, everybody in between. I'm in there too. I swept the floor once. So I got, I got my, (laughs) yeah, I think I saw your box. Yeah. 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 Whoa. (laughs) God. Um, so anyway, the, the guy who's in there is telling you about some of the stories of these people that helped, you know, produce. And, you know, the funny thing for me was I was telling him a few stories too. And he was like, okay, I'm going to add that to my repertoire here. So oh, it was, cool. it was kind of fun. Um, and then you go out through the gift shop. And if you think your tour is done, it's not. Look around because the walls of the, uh, gift shop are from Gringotts, um, set. Oh. The, wait, say that again? The walls? The walls the in the gift shop were from yeah. the set of the Gringotts. So when you oh, walk you into know? the gift Is shop, you're looking at parts of, of Gringotts. Yes, you can tell it's from Gringotts. Like how? I, was it stone? Uh, just the way Marble? it's... Yeah, it's, it's just the way it's designed up and everything. It's actually pieces of the wall from Gringotts are behind the cash registers and stuff. I mean, it's just... So, I mean, everywhere you go, there's something to see and touch. So keep your eyes open and just look for these little nuances and you'll really have a, a major experience. Do you think if they were to build a third tower, the R tower, um, what would they have in it? Do you think? Would they have the actors? What, what would you, what would, what would you like to see out of, like, if they built a third tower to that tour? Um, what sets a- would you like to see added? <sighs> yeah. That's that's a really good. Was question. there anything left out that you think like because this is this is supposed to be the definitive you know to hell with the exhibition to hell with any tours to hell with anything else this is this is Leavesden this is HP Harry Potter Warner Brothers is you know gonna do it right what would you want to see that, that there was more of would you want more films and interviews and yeah I mean I guess I would love or to see the burrow there, were there any props you know what I would love to see the burrow in full scale I would love to see uh, maybe the wedding tent. Um, uh, maybe the quid a, a, a facade of the Quidditch World Cup, uh, stadium. Um, yeah, because I wonder how much of that. I wonder how much of that was like obviously not the uh, you know the the wide shots of it, 
were probably all CGI. But like even the little bits of set that there were, like the what about the tent? Was that ever a set that you saw? I didn't see the, the tent at all. Okay, I, so the tent. Well, I didn't, I didn't notice that. Uh, I mean, I'm not, I don't mean the wedding tent. I mean, you know, the one. That no, I know what you mean. The camping. one that you're staying when you're camping yeah. on the on the uh, road trip. No, I, I didn't see the tent at all. Um, I, it could have escaped me. Uh, you know, there's so much to see. Your your mind kind of gets overblown with everything, and you're trying to. So is it not one narrow? Is it not one like narrow walkway between sets, or can you branch off? Are there? Is it ever like labyrinthine or confusing at all in a really cool way? No, it's it's very very. Precise, very thorough, and, and straightforward. You just keep on going around in the in the pattern that they have set up, and you can you can you know backtrace a little bit, but overall you're going in a perfect diagram as to how they want you to flow. I now, mean, keep can you it- ever see scaffolding? Like, can you ever see like, yes the sets it, with yeah, okay. and the plaster that that was another. A neat, neat little thing that they had told me. The uh, great hall, the outside is built with the scaffolding and you see all the plaster that was used to, to hold everything together on the outside. And apparently they used more plaster on that set of the great hall than in any film in history. So I guess that's one thing that Harry Potter has is the most plaster. <laughs> right. But I mean, I, again, it's little things like that, that if you don't talk to a person, you won't know. Now they have they have some fun things for little kids too. Like you get a passport uh, <laughs> booklet. They needed it to hold together. Just, for it is called years. the Harry Potter passport, and it looks like a passport. And they have, um, I think, twelve or thirteen golden snitches hanging around in different areas of the thing. And so you have to mark off where all the snitches are. Um, each set has a different stamp, so you can get your stamp taken on this passport. Um, so you know you can the, ki- the little kids can have a little fun too, making sure that they see everything. What's the um, what's the ticket situation? Because I, I feel like all the tickets sold out. Or were they just the pre-order tickets? Or what's what's the? Yeah, it's pre-order only, and they're booked until next year. What? You mean I can't go until next year? You can't go. Well, maybe you can. I was gonna say. So you're saying it's now? We, you know, we said it's now open to the public. I was gonna say, shouldn't it be? Wouldn't it be smart to like have to ever? Only ever pre-order like half the available tickets, so that locals and people who are just on vacation have at least some hope of. You know what? Yeah, no, maybe but, maybe they have that. I don't know, but from what I understand, there are dates. The show's there sold are dates out. open. I, I there, there oh, there's tons of dates open. I'm looking right now. I think maybe 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 w- what you heard or mean is that there there's you can book through next year. Maybe because I'm mean, looking uh, right. I'm looking right now, and you can click almost all the days. There are some days that are sold out, but not all of them. Yeah, because I, I heard, I mean, we had posted, I think some of the news sites had posted, you know. The yeah, they sold were, out of the... Were pre-ordered, we're sold out. Very that might have right. been the difference. Right. The pre-orders there was a certain amount that they opened up at the beginning, and they didn't say the number, and then they closed, and they were like, oh my god, we're so popular, look at us, we sold out. It could have been five tickets for all we know. <laughs> yeah. Well, they're looking for five to uh, 6,000 people uh, per day crazy. to go through this thing. That's crazy. Wow, six thousand people. A they're day? saying up to six thousand. I think their their goal number is five thousand, but they can accommodate up to six thousand wow, per a lot day to go beer. through this thing. That that's that's a lot of. Uh, you think about it; it's like twenty eight pounds for each ticket. So you know, let's just round it to thirty pounds. You know, <laughs> that's a lot of bread. Well, and they really need the money. Yeah, they really. Well, they do. They spent a hundred hundred million pounds mm-hmm. just to build this thing. So. That's peanuts uh, compared to what Deathly Hallows Part Two made alone. Yeah, 
alone. Yeah, yeah right. exactly. Never mind throwing <laughs> the other seven movies on top of it, and the exhibition, and the theme park. You know, Andrew, yeah. you were saying you were saying uh, earlier about um, yeah, what were you saying earlier about <laughs> the studio? If they if they they're going to add other studio movies into it or something like yeah. that, I don't see that happening because it is filled up. It's in a it's in a way that. They don't want to move it. I can't see them ever taking anything down on this. I mean, this thing here is in for the long haul. The studios where they film at are going to be available to rent out to other things like Sherlock Holmes filmed at, at Lit Leavesden. So, so other films can be produced. Right. I, I, I don't think they'll ever downscale the Harry Potter part, but I do think they will add other buildings. You know, the R building, like like Eric said. Yeah, the R building might come down eventually. Yeah. Who knows? It makes sense. I mean, you know, they 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 want to make this appeal to people to to people who aren't big Harry Potter fans too. And I'm sure this tour will be very much, uh, very very often visited by film aficionados just because they look. Yeah, that's what I was. Yeah, the detail exactly. That's, that's what I was going to say. If you have any art inspiration at all to do any kind of art in your life, whether it be the painting or the creature effects or the animatronics or filmmaking or whatever, any, anything like that at all, you want to go to see this tour and, and just look at how it's done. Even costume design, the costume details that they put into this thing. I mean, you just wouldn't believe the things that you just don't see on the film. For instance, uh, Umbridge's dress, the, the, the one of the pink dresses has two little bows down by her waist and there's these two gold buttons and you think they're just buttons and then you you look at a little bit closer and you go okay maybe they're cats or something like that but then you zoom in with a camera and take a, a shot of it and then you blow it up on your computer and it's a tiny skull with diamonds in it i mean uh, so the su- the surprise aspect of it is, is, oh, it's is huge. The, the hourglasses are the uh, house point cups that are in a great hall where the counter is for how much beads are in each cylinder. There's runes along the side of it. Now, you never even see the house point cup. You know, I mean, the house points at all in the movies, you barely notice them, let alone something that has runes on it like that. I mean, so the details are just extraordinary. Well, very cool. Uh, Keith, thanks for sharing all this info with us. I mean, you're certainly welcome to stay on for the rest of the show if you want, or you can leave now. It's up to you. Sure. Okay, cool. Um, I'm good. So that was the first half of the show. Um, What else is going on in the news, Micah, besides the studio tour? You touched on it about 40 minutes ago, and that is that uh, Pottermore should be opening up to everybody in the next couple of days. They announced a few weeks ago that they would be officially opening as of April. You know, nothing uh, too bad, I guess, when you consider that they're six months late. Uh, <laughs> when they, pro- they projected opening initially in October of 2011, and it's now April of 2012. So a little bit of a setback for them. I know that uh, they clearly had some things that they were looking to uh, improve. And uh, I think the biggest thing, though, is not even the fact that Pottermore is going to be officially open to everybody. Uh, the bigger news coming before that is that Potter is now available on ebook. Yes. Uh, this has been a long time coming. And I mean, J.K. Rowling is always held out when it comes to ebooks. She. She and she her likes publishers. The smell of paper. Yes, yeah, she loves the smell of paper and killing <laughs> trees. And yeah, so it it 
debuted the books run I think from seven ninety nine to eleven ninety nine to twelve ninety nine. Okay, I think it was nine ninety nine. Oh. Like the first okay. three or seven nine. I thought it. Yeah. Like the first yeah, three were seven ninety nine, right, and, right. and then the and then there's the complete collection for fifty seven fifty four. Okay, uh, and then the audiobook version is two forty two ninety four. Which you know, I have to say, if you're if, if what's the difference really? I mean, a digital book, digital audio. What? Why so much more? Why is it four or five times more? Well, are you taking the time to read it, or are you having somebody read it? Uh, to so you? you pay a premium to be to be read to? Yeah, Jim Dale's voice is not cheap. <laughs> okay, so he's. He's got to he's got to feed his family. Yeah, I guess. So the, there's the Pottermore shop. Now here's the thing that bugs me, and this is another, you know, oh that Pottermore kind of move. You have to make a new account to buy these books. You can't. You cannot use your existing Pottermore account. You have to make it. Yeah, you have to make an entirely new account. I tested this myself. You can't. You can't. You can't combine the accounts. Which I was just like, oh my goodness, like another oversight. Well, hang, hang on, hang on, because. They weren't allowing us to do duplicate accounts. That was, like, illegal. They were like, if we find you, we'll cut you, you know, about doing new accounts. Yeah. On, like, multiple accounts, well, on one, it, especially on one email, I is guess, it, right? Yeah, but, I mean, you're probably signing up as Andrew Sims, right? Not as Shadow Spell 25 or whatever it is. Right, but you still put in your real name when you register for Pottermore, don't you? So all that information. I can't is there. remember. It was too long ago. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> so you're saying you have like a Pottermore. You have like a shop username that's that's not obscured by the the right the right. Vocabulary? It's your um. It's probably your email address. I I'm forgetting now. Oh. But yeah. you know. So yeah. So they call it a Pottermore shop account. It's not your Pottermore account. Anyway. So these yeah, these all debuted. They're available for Kindle. They're available for Sony e-readers, of course. Uh. Nook, yeah, I think so. I think you can get it on your Nook and your iPad one way or another. I know you can't get the Pottermore books through the Apple iBook store. You have to get it through a Kindle uh, purchase and then use the Kindle app on your iPad to get the books. Oh, interesting. Mm. Is this because of Sony? That's probably why. I have <laughs> no idea. I would imagine that they might have something to do with I, that. I read like, Apple like, didn't who, come who to an agreement because actually this is – it's actually rather groundbreaking. Amazon for the first time is sending people to the Pottermore shop to purchase the books. This is the first time ever that you can't purchase a Kindle book on Amazon. You have to go to Pottermore to get the Harry Potter books. So wow. that was a little deal that they worked out. I'm sure Amazon wasn't thrilled, but – you can't really argue with J.K. Rowling. You just sort of got to go with it. And that seems well, to be why Apple hasn't accepted yet. But going back to the okay. whole... Answer this for me, Andrew. I, I still haven't done it. I went on to Pottermore, and I couldn't find the link to purchase the books. Where do you go for this? Well, it should the bottom be... bottom right. Yeah, if, if you're not logged in, it says looking for ebooks available now only at the Pottermore shop. I don't know if they're actually in the so site it's... yet once you log in. Okay, you, so it's only on the, the main homepage right, before right. you really sign well, in. Well, it, w- it wouldn't make sense, based okay. on what Andrew's saying, for it to be available once you log in. because, I, And I think the reason why the, they're doing this is because they don't want information tied to your username. This goes back to the whole issue of having kids and protecting, you know, having kids sign up and protecting their, their information. And that's why there are these generic names. They don't want like a name, an address, a phone number, a credit card tied to any of the accounts. And okay. That's probably why you have also, to have two if, separate ones. I think if you also if you have to log in and uh, like if you had to log in to read the books, 
that would be crap. I would not agree with that at all. Um, you know, it's like having a digital copy of a movie that you can't edit, you know, because it's just like you, you, the user books, in order to, if you're buying them, if you pay for them, you should be able to carry them around on whatever device you want, you know. That's well, true. when this thing first came out, that's what I thought the whole Pottermore was for, was to, to read the books online and experience the, the writings of J.K. Rowling, right. you know, her little extras as you read the books. That's what I thought the whole thing was about. Yeah, that's what I thought. I thought too, yeah. I mean, I agree with you. So, that's Pottermore eBooks. Uh, anything? I, I hear the, the uh, I hear the audiobooks are also coming to vinyl. <laughs> Another um, Pottermore edition was they added sounds to the website. Ooh. I haven't experienced these yet. Are they everywhere? They're what? they're in places. They're background noises for when you are, you know. Yeah, in different rooms. So if you're in the potions room, you'll hear like a dungeon esque sound, things like <laughs> things like that. If you, what was that if sound? You, oh, it was dungeon esque. Yeah. Uh, if if um towards the end of the book, I was playing around with it a little bit ago. If towards the end of the book, you can like hover over flames and get a little crackling sound, stuff like that. It's it's nothing ground. So if you if you blow up your cauldron, does it blow up? I don't up? know. <laughs> I I haven't done a full run through yet, but the way. Uh, the, the way push. they talked about it on the Pottermore Insider, it sounded like they it was a work in progress. They were going to add more. And they also redid the points. Uh, now I see there's a 13 million number on Pottermore. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I see that, too, for my house. I have no clue what that means. Uh, I, I mean, what does I it know. mean if we have 13 million points? I just... I don't... As a collective house, and it, and, you know? yeah, and, and it'll be interesting to see when this actually opens, because then we'll find out if they actually change the sorting system so you're actually sorted into your real house. Wait, did we ever get definitive that we weren't? Didn't they say like, that? that it didn't they say they were changing that or something? Ooh, I didn't see that. Well, just so that, you know, because we wondered if it was a population control thing, where it was just like X amount of, you know, uh, based on the a, a certain, what's the word, uh, you know, Ag- ag- algorithm. There yes, uh, but, but we'll we'll see once it opens. I'm actually surprised they didn't start hiding the number of members in the houses yet because it looks embarrassing to me if you see that all the houses have the same number of people. Uh, clearly, yeah, there's there's seems- a uh, there's some trickery going on here. And so we don't know again when it's when Pottermore is going to actually open up, but we'll find out hopefully. Uh, I imagine in the next week or two, if they said early April, and well, the shops said open, April, so, right? so this has to be close. Yeah. We have to be close. What else is going on in the news, Mike R. Mike R. Well, the uh, the next piece of news uh, actually relates to the studio tour. There was a press event that took place prior to its official opening, and. Selena, who is actually going to be on our live show at LeakyCon, which we're going to talk about in a little bit, uh, she got the chance to go for Hypable and speak with director David Yates. And one of the things that he spoke to her about was Dumbledore's funeral. I guess they had some uh, concept art laid out from the films, and one of the pictures was of Dumbledore's funeral. And so that that's what prompted the question. And Uh, His response was, that scene was in and out, and in and out again. It was a rhythmic thing. It felt felt weirdly book-ended. So you would read the script, and you'd get to Dumbledore's death, and it felt climactic and moving. And then we went to the Great Hall, and this austerity sort of felt weirdly complete. 
and then you got this grand funeral, got, sorry, got to this grand funeral, and it felt less about the man and more about the pomp of the ceremony, and it felt oddly less connected. So just rhythmically, it felt wrong. You know, like when he's speaking, he's gonna, he's speaking like, so just rhythmically, just it felt wrong. But I love that scene. He's totally passionate about it. He's explaining it. But I love that scene. It's a beautiful scene in the book, but it felt wrong in the movie. Translation, so, it's a pacing thing. Pacing, 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 pacing. <laughs> he's, he's always said that, though. And it's true. He, he's, I guess he just felt like there were too many... I think even when he talked about that before, um, he said that... Uh, you, you know that it, that it just felt like there were too many endings of that book or in in that movie or something. Yeah, you know. Um, so I mean, the pomp of the ceremony, like, what does that mean? Because I, I think really, like, if you were to get all those great actors onto the set to do that, it would be fine. Like, there really can't be any real reason to not to include that in the film, right? Other than yeah, uh, I mean, the only pomp that I can think about is. Didn't you have the mer people coming out of the lake and the centaurs coming out of the forest and But that's about the man. And, that's more about the than any other part of those books. And you know, his you know? his tomb bursts into flames, you know. So th- there is sort of that element to it, but that's also in a way related to who he is and his personality. And I think that you know, I was always disappointed that this was left out of the films because I don't know. Obviously, David Yates, at the end of the day, knows more about making films than I do. So if he says it felt wrong for the movie, I believe him. But I don't. I just think having him (laughs) fall from a tower and then having all the students point their wands into the sky to get rid of the dark mark just didn't cut it. This is one of the biggest deaths in the entire series. Uh, Well, you also have to look at... I mean, I I think a lot of the problem is they weren't able to flesh out what kind of an impact Dumbledore had on the larger Wizarding World. The larger Wizarding World, the world outside of Hogwarts doesn't exist in many of the movies. Um, you know, at least until, hell, movie six when he dies is when it becomes important because you're going to another side of London where Tom Riddle was born. You know, but like Dumbledore doesn't have the same impact. Even the lines like, you know, great man Dumbledore are drastically cut short in the films and you never get a sense of him being uh, like a, a greater figure for the rest of the Wizarding World to look up to. In the films, he can serve only as a two-dimensional mentor to Harry, in 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 a way. So, so having other people show up, even people we've never met, but people that were in the books, to show up and pay tribute to this man, yeah, it would be emotional because, like, look at all these people. But ultimately, it's like, who are these people, and why are they even here? Even Umbridge was there. Yeah, Umbridge was there, but Harry was angry about that, and that plot thread had already been resolved at that point in the movie. I, I just feel like I understand what David Yates is saying, and I, I'm okay with it not being in the movie. Yeah, but keep in mind that the book Dumbledore was loved, and the film Dumbledore, Michael Gambone, was not loved. At the beginning, at least. Me, I think right? I, I liked him more and more as the film's... He was loved in yeah. 6 and 7, but not in yeah. 4 and 5. Yeah. Especially 4. Yeah. yeah. Maybe maybe just the whole Dumbledore thing in general is awkward for the films, you know, because they had to replace the actor, and you know the the different directors chose to portray Dumbledore in different lights. Even Michael Gambon, as as you said, Andrew, even even by six and seven, he became really lovable, but like throughout the transition was always a little more rocky with that character. Hey, uh, by the way, while we're in between news stories, I went to the Wizarding World and I, uh, last week, and I finally went on Dueling Dragons. Um, man, that's intense. Quick, thank God. But intense. Yeah. Uh, for yeah. me, I'm not a big coaster guy. 
That's 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 some ride. Did you go on all Have the others? Have you gone on Flight of the Hippogriff? Yeah, I went on. No, no, no I think I'm, I think I'm done with Flight of the Hippogriff. <laughs> you kidding? I can ride that like. Well, it's fun, but it's so. like two sec. It's for kids. It's you know, it, it's cool. But yeah, uh, I went on doing or Dragon Challenge. It it was uh, what, neat. What dragon were you? Uh, the red one. We had heard that the red one was the better one. I think. There's a slightly better view, I think, of the castle. For I, one my one. eyes were closed the entire time, so it didn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> it did not matter. <laughs> anyway, what else is going on in the news? Well, apparently, I don't know if this is an April Fool's joke or not, uh, Harry Potter, the Wizards Collection, got a trailer, release date, and feature list. Why is this a joke? What's so funny about this? Well, the price is the joke. We had this in our April... Oh, yeah, three hundred fifty bucks. Yeah, three hundred fifty dollars from Amazon. We talked about that on the last episode. That's what the joke is. Yes, yeah, so, but since then, uh, <laughs> there's been some features uh, announced, and actually, the most interesting part about this is that they're going to be premiering some of these features on HarryPotter.com. Of course and, they are, and you're going to be able to watch some of these. So you're, you're going to be able to get some of these without buying the three hundred fifty dollars set. Uh, and, and we're also finally getting the final two parts of the Harry Potter documentary, which apparently were only to be available in the Ultimate Editions, but now it's almost starting to look like they are not releasing the seven and the seventh, seventh and eighth, eighth ones in Ultimate Editions. Edition. That's, that's frustrating because I have the other six. Yeah. Me too. So, so, you know, t- I want to have the complete, the complete set right. of the Ultimate Editions and now I'm not going to be able to get that without buying well, let, this. Well, let's thing. hope that they, I think that's going to frustrate Let's hope that fans. They do actually release those, the ultimate editions. Maybe they're just going to wait until after the Wizards collection is out. They just need to stop releasing stuff. They just need to stop. They need to say it's all out there, you know. Well, it's not it. right now. They took it all away. <laughs> yeah, I guess. <laughs> so, part 7 is going to be with Deathly Hallows part 1. It's the sto- creating the world of Harry Potter part 7, the story, and then Part eight, called "Growing Up," will be with part two. Like a and retrospective. Actually, very interestingly, the uh, uh, there's a list of some of the features over four hours of features, including an extended conversation with J.K. Rowling and Dan Radcliffe with 15 minutes of new footage. Mm. So let's hope there's some good stuff in there. I mean, a lot of good stuff came out of that. So good the initial that they one. cut it from the actual. <laughs> Maybe may, well, they were probably saving it for the ultimate edition. Are they right? that desperate that they're they're having special features of the special features or extended editions of the special features. <laughs> and were there any outtakes listed? I just want one disc that has bloopers. That's what I want. Yeah. I want the outtakes and I want the bloopers on one were disc. There, was there a bloopers thing list in the no, feature list? No, but they said additional features will be revealed on HarryPotter.com. Oh, come on. You're also going to get exclusive memorabilia, including a map of Hogwarts, concept art prints, catalogs of props and posters all designed by the graphic designers from the films. And these two will be revealed on HarryPotter.com. Well, I do remember from our conversation with David Yates that he did say the bloopers would be available in the future. Well, he said that they exist, so I'm wondering why we haven't seen them. You know? Well, it actually, I don't know what to tell you. It actually says one new feature will be revealed each week between now and September. But I nothing's... was going to say September 9th is when it's coming out. The fact that it's available for pre-order now... It's fun. I wonder how many people it's are... so you can save up and start making down <laughs> right. Payments. If you save how many? Okay, let's see how many. Okay, how September, many weeks? It's like nine, five months, May, June, twenty July, weeks. 
Yeah. It's five months times five. So if you, so three fifty divided bucks. by five or fifteen well, bucks. Well, what is it? Three fifty divided by twenty five ish weeks. So yeah, put fifteen dollars in your fifteen dollars in your Hogwarts piggy bank every week between now and September, and you will have enough to get the Amazon discounted version. Which of you, this. which you, which you most likely already own most of, ninety five percent of, and then you'll be able to see the rest on HarryPotter.com. Right. Can uh, we hope for review copies? <laughs> I was just going to ask that. <laughs> uh, start begging now. Start a Harry Potter website and ask for a review copy from Warner Brothers. HarryPotter.com has been updated. The entire site has been replaced by a promotion for the Wizards Collection. So, And you can use wand gestures to open the box on the sites. Don't even ask me. It, it's just as annoying uh, the gestures are as Pottermore. It, or do you have to click on it? No, you have to make wand movements, and I'm trying to do one right now. It's just, just like the Harry Potter spells thing. You oh. have to do lightning bolt to do yeah. something and all that stuff. And once again, I'm trying to do a very simple wand gesture right now, and it won't do it. Like, <laughs> what? Start jabbing it at the... I honestly, I like, this is the worst. You're not a wizard, Wand Andrew. gestures <laughs> should never have existed in video games, on websites, anything. It's bad. It does not work. What else is going on in the... Well, that's it for news, but there's other news to talk about. My yeah, God. so... Is that my new uh, nickname? Yes. Okay. Um, as uh, many people know, uh, April Fool's Day was on Sunday this past week, and... Uh, MuggleNet for a long time has been notorious for pulling April Fool's pranks, and uh, I think personally the best one a couple years ago was Emerson coming up with the idea uh, that MuggleNet uh, was being shut down by Warner Brothers. Uh, to me, that still stands out as the best one, um, and I don't know that anybody could ever really top it, uh, but uh, we did come up with an idea for J.K. Rowling's new book, uh, and to release the title on Sunday morning. And uh, now, not everybody bought into it, uh, which was to be expected, but... Uh, I received a text at, like, at like 15 minutes <laughs> prior to me waking up, normally, saying, J.K. Rowling has announced the title of the book, but okay, I'm not... so we got somebody, but, we got one person. Well, hold on, and, and they said, but I, I'm not around to post it because they wanted me to post it on Hypable. And I jumped <laughs> out of bed and loaded up the computer and, and started looking. And I didn't see the, I didn't even see the prank at this time. I just did a quick look on Twitter, didn't see anything. I was like, wow, this is... And then I thought I thought the person who texted me was pranking me. Like, that was their <laughs> prank to me. So I just... I sent them a very rude text back and then went back to sleep. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> but... Uh, so what we did was we came up with this uh, this title that was an anagram for April Fool's Day. Um, it was it was called Lairs of Lady Poe. It was just, you know, I mean, it was something along the lines of possibly what a uh, mystery novel could sound like because that's been the speculation that of what she was been working on. Uh, and so Eric created this great image, uh, which which I didn't know until uh, I spoke to him yesterday. It's it's a real typewriter. That that typewriter actually exists in his house. He took actual <laughs> parchment, put it in the typewriter with the with the title uh, "Layers of Lady Poe" by J.K. Rowling, and sprayed it with fake blood, and took a picture of it. 
uh, and that's the actual picture that was used. And uh, the, the whole point of this point I'm getting to, which was really cool, is that it was picked up by Entertainment Weekly. Um, yesterday, they released a blog post about it, uh, saying that the merry pranksters at MuggleNet uh, were at it again. So, um, and, you know, look, we do this every year. I know people who go to our site on a regular basis know it. I just don't like the people out there who can't have a good laugh, who who think the joke is stupid or, you know, take a chill pill. They, they just want to act all smart, being like, oh, I knew this was fake. Nice right. try, guys. Well, the most interesting thing about Entertainment Weekly picking it up is that they said that they contacted Little Brown um, about the, the title reveal. They said they went to them for to, to confirm it, you know, to confirm that this was the title, and that Little Brown didn't deny it, but that they said they had no further information to reveal, at the, uh, you know, regarding uh, that hadn't already been said about J.K. Rowling's the, project. The, the publicist so, was probably thrown for a, through a loop. I mean, yeah, it was a yeah, Sunday, no less. Yeah, <laughs> on a Sunday. But the funniest, it, it just, it was funny to us that you know, obviously, we had a lot of uh, people who didn't like it. Um, you know, who were very vocal about it. Oh, this is dumb. But then other people were like, this is really cool. And then some people were really, you know, were really taken by it. Sorry. But um, that we could get a response out of Little Brown through all of this, um, you know, web talk and noise was just really funny. I think that was when Micah knew that his his work was was worth it. Because I remember the day before April Fool's Day, so it was like the last day, we're still trying to find a title that works. Because we had one. Micah really liked the word lair he was like we it needs to say lair no matter what so we're looking on this this huge list of anagrams uh of of april fool april fool's day april fools you know all this stuff looking at these different anagrams to use for the title of this book and uh it was just it was just a kind of a fun time uh and you know executed and, and that was our april fool's joke so i was really happy that uh at the very least it, it got as far as entertainment weekly and and it even got as far as you know, to Little Brown. But it was relevant, you know, because we don't know the title of Jake Arrow's book yet. Yeah. Well, I think, and, and what... Well, the funny thing is, I, I, I'm i sorry, Micah, I even knew that we were doing this, but at the same time, Micah sends me over a text saying, okay, well, Eric's doing the cover for Layers of Lady Poe, and I'm like, what's that? Is that some kind of kung fu movie that's coming out or something? So, I mean, even though I knew this thing was going on, I had no idea that we had came up with a title, and it was so perfect. Yeah. It was enigmatic, but I, I do want to say the credit for the image goes to my uh, my roommate Skyler, who who has a working old typewriter, um, and Micah for coming. He basically told me what to do, and I did it. So he's like, "You know how that you know like an old typewriter look?" And I was like, "Yeah, I I know exactly what you're talking about. I'm going to do it." So we did it. So that was cool. Just kind of cool to get as far as Little Brown, um, you know. That, that's just, that was kind of cool. It was a fan moment. Very good. Well, nice job, guys. I can't wait to see what's in store next year. The sequel uh, title. Next year, LeakyCon is going to the moon, from what I hear. <laughs> um, well, yeah, speaking of LeakyCon, we will, actually we haven't mentioned this yet, even though we've mentioned it on the Twitter and the Facebook and all these places. Um, this summer, MongoCast is going to be at LeakyCon 2012 and Ascendio 2012. Um, Ascendio is run by HPEF. They've put on Prophecy, Infinitus, all those. Uh, those that Ascendio is from July 12th to the 15th at Lowe's Portofino Bay. 
That is a Universal Orlando property, so there's going to be a party at the Wizarding World of Harry Potter theme park. And then there's going to be LeakyCon just a few weeks later, August 9th to the 12th, at the Hilton Chicago. So two different places in the country, uh, Harry Potter conferences will be happening. Um, I think us four will all be at LeakyCon. Uh, Ascendio, Keith, are you going to Ascendio? Yeah, well, I'm in the fashion show, so I hope to be there. <laughs> Keith, <laughs> Keith Micah, and Eric will be at Ascendio. I will be at Comic-Con, then, not Ooh, Ascendio. Same uh, but all of us will be at LeakyCon. So keep a heads up on those. I, I think there's going to be a muggle cast at both of them. Definitely at LeakyCon. We haven't nailed down the Ascendio plans just yeah, yet. Yeah, if we do Ascendio, we'll have to have you on like through the web. You know, like a, a, we'll have to find you at Comic Con when you're. You not may doing Skype something. me in. Yes, we will Via Skype, you, Skype video. Because yes. you need to be a part of it because you've been at all the other HPF cons and it's a shame you're missing this one. Yeah, I know, I know, but I can't resist Comic Con. I can't do I can't do Harry two Harry Potter cons this summer. It's too much. I can't handle <laughs> so much, much fun and yeah. too much. Yeah, all that butterbeer. I, I just can't do it. Um. So, any programming events we can promote? I guess that answers that question. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, well, that also, and I'm, I'm in. Uh, there's, there's a musical going to happen at Ascendio called Mischief Managed, and I'm playing James Potter. Ah, um, very cool. It's a story of the. It's a story of the Marauders. Uh, very cool. So it's going to be cool. So we just wanted to tell you what our uh, presence is going to be in the summer at the Harry Potter cons. You know, every year we are participating in at least one con, so that's what's coming up this summer for MuggleCast. To wrap up the show, we are going to talk a little bit about Pottermore, the new content from J.K. Rowling, because it is opening, so we are going to start talking about it. If you don't want to hear any of the spoilers concerning the new content that's on Pottermore, don't proceed any further. But we're not going to get into too many spoilers. These are pretty uh, general things, but they are new, written by J.K. Rowling specifically for Pottermore. I don't think we should go through all these just because we're already yeah, at hour Yeah, timing 10. issues. What should we should we pick one? Let's do wands then because it's like the biggest like the three segment. Okay, yeah. okay. Um, um, so yeah, one of the biggest additions in Pottermore, one of the biggest new pieces of information in Pottermore, are the wands, and you get to read all about every single wand type in chapter five. This is the chapter where Bruce goes to, uh, you know, goes to. Or, did I just say Bruce? Bruce <laughs> I was reading a Bruce Springsteen tweet um, where Harry <laughs> Harry goes to Ollivander and uh, learns about the wands and he gets his wands. So J.K. Rowling has a good thirty wands listed here. Did any of these stand out to you guys? Did Did you guys read all this information? I did. Um, and the thing is, you could, the good thing about Pottermore is you can always go back to it, which is really cool because there's. You know, she has said in interviews that she came up with and did a lot of research about different trees and different types of wood. And, like, based on the characteristics of the tree, if it's, like, you know, grows only at night, she inferred those characteristics and put them into what maybe the wand would do that had that type of wood. So, whereas the wand cores are, like, all magical things, so she can make it up completely. Uh, the woods actually are different types of woods. And so, using her research, which until now had been kept from us, she would assign those types of wands to characters. So you can go back, and basically, when you're reading the books now, uh, you can see, you know, it'll say somebody has a, a, you know, a certain type of wand. Well, you can go look at, you know, that wood and look it up in Pottermore, and there's, like, at least one paragraph 
saying a ton about where the wood comes from and what its characteristics are. So I just thought this was really cool, really handy, and a lot closer to the encyclopedia side of things than the interactive flash animation side of things for Pottermore. Um, so that's why I really liked it. Plus, you're His given first name is Garrick? A wand. Yeah, Garrick Ollivander. And the, that was new. That was new that, information. Yeah, that was new. The, the whole wand section, everything from Joe, is said to be taken from the notes of Garrick Ollivander. So that's cool. It's, it, she, she's writing it as if he's in the first person. So that's really cool. So are we going to go around the table then and say for Pottermore what type of wand we got? Uh, yes. Can, 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 yes, the wand chooses you, Mr. Potter. I, I just looked at all this, this wand information. I was just thinking, how does Joe come up with this stuff? It's really incredible. I mean, there's so much here. Show that she did so much research. Yeah. You know, it was unbelievable. So mine is a 12 and a half inch dragon core fur wand that is reasonably supple. Fur? How is that? That's the wood. Is that, is Oh, that's the wood is dragon fur? Fur, no, just sorry. F-I-R, fur. Oh, fur, okay. That wood, I'm going to read the description here. Um, actually, the survivor's wand. It, it produces it's, wands that demand staying power and strength of purpose in their true owners, and that they are poor tools in the hands of the changeable and indecisive. Yes, this is perfect for me, I agree. Fur wands are good at transfiguration and favor owners of focused, strong-minded, and intimidating demeanor. Look <laughs> at that. Um, I'm going to double-check what mine is. Mine to, is... To see yours, you click your uh, user profile name at the top. Right. Got it. Mine is made of hornbeam. It's ten and three-quarter inches with phoenix feather core. Hornbeam... Uh, I, rec- I recall really liking the, the description of this wood here. Um, oh, Ollivander's own wand is made of hornbeam. It is with all, quote, all due modesty... That I say that Hornbeam selects for its life mate the talented witcher wizard with a single pure passion, which some might call obsession, though I prefer the term vision. So that was funny. Um, Hornbeam wands are adaptable, uh, and they absorb their owner's code of honor, whatever that might be. Uh, and they will refuse to perform acts that don't align with that. So that's weird. But I thought it was cool, because it's like um, he's talking about wand woods, or even wands being sentient. You know, which is Ollivander's whole shtick, but that's, uh, you know, given some more weight in these uh, wand descriptions. Michael, what's yours? Mine is Vine, 10 and 3 quarter inch. Uh, core is Unicorn, and Flexibility, Hard. Hmm. So is, that, <laughs> is that not flexible, then? Is that... Uh, I guess not. It's not reasonably supple. Are you, are you <laughs> flexible, Micah? IRL, in real life? Like, can you, can uh, well, you do look, like this a... is this is the wrong podcast for, for, for that <laughs> no. conversation. So I just want to know if like you can like do somersaults. This oh, is... uh, absolutely. Oh, okay. This, can, this is... can you touch your toes without bending your knees? Oh, no, I'm not even sure I can do that. <laughs> can you lick your elbow? Probably not. Oh, nobody can do that. That's okay. Vine <laughs> wands uh, from the from the page are among the less common types. And I have been intrigued to note that their owners are nearly always those witches or wizards who seek a greater purpose, who have a vision beyond the ordinary, and who frequently astound those who think they know them best. Micah, I'm going to take this opportunity to tell you how much you astound me, often. And finally, well, Keith, you. what is yours? 
Well, I have an extremely long one. I'm like the, the longest one besides Hagrid, Oh, come on. We're talking about your Pottermore wand. I am, too. Fourteen and a half inches <laughs> Sorry, long. Uh, yeah, Fourteen and a half inches long wow, of fur wow. with a unicorn. Jesus, that's a, that's a freak. That's <laughs> really a That's a yardstick, man. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, no. It matches. What's oh, it no. made out of? Go ahead. So tell... Yeah, what, what type? So Eric can uh, look it up. It's fir wood with a unicorn core, and it's quite bendy. Huh. 14 inches in bendy. Well, fur is the same as Andrew's. So, uh, again, very resilient people uh, who can be intimidating. Interesting. Interesting. Well, I think the fact that it's 14 and three-quarter inches is pretty intimidating. So, that's pretty crazy. But, uh, yeah, the other thing is uh, J.K. Rowling wrote about the cores and the length versus flexibility and what that says about a wizard as well. Um, so there's there's three different items of wands. Of course, you get your own wand in Pottermore. And I think overall it's one of the really standout parts of the first book. Um, I agree. You know, in, in, in Pottermore. I agree. And, and this kind of information, this, this level of detail, this is something that I'm hoping to get out of the other books in the future when we learn about other as- aspects of the Harry Potter books. So it's going to be interesting to see what else is to come. And hopefully everybody who gets into Pottermore, when it does open to the public, gets a wand that they are happy with. A long one. Reasonably supple. I yeah, can't wait to I learn about Dalish. Say- yeah. <laughs> and I want more on the house elves. I mean, there's so much. There's so much information Joe could yeah, write are about. They book one is just the, um, yeah. Book one is really just the beginning. You know, not to not to say that, but of course it's it's obvious. But still, um, there's a lot that happens in the later books that she could definitely write much more in depth about. But I think the 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 fact that we're getting all the wand lore and stuff here is, um, you know, relevant and important and appropriate. Definitely. Well, we asked people who follow us on Twitter, twitter.com slash MuggleCast, to tell us what their favorite part of Pottermore is. And you know what? We actually didn't get many responses, which is odd, which I guess tells us that nobody is really in Pottermore yet. Um, well, that makes it easy, though. So, uh, let's see. We'll go through a couple here. Um, uh, this is so weird. Only like a couple people submit it. That's very odd. Um, Photo Girl 44 says, I love all the new info on McGonagall. Her story is so amazing. I can't wait to get more info on adult characters. I agree. And, and we'll talk about all the new McGonagall info on a future episode. Uh, Kristen Burford said, the writer doesn't seem to understand the difference between, oh, what? never mind. That's something else. Um, Zermina K says, my favorite JKR new content has to be about how the Dursleys got together. Both, both humorous and cool to hear how James insulted Vernon. And that too, we'll talk about on a uh, future episode. And then finally, Skintish says, um, I think the little notes on Fantastic Beasts by the trio are really cool. Also, uh, keep thinking what's her new book. Wow. Great English here. Didn't she say I'm writing a political fairy tale? And uh, one more. Severus Snapus says, The backstory on McGonagall and what the different wands mean. I'd like backstory on Pettigrew, though. So let's talk about McGonagall on the next episode. By then, hopefully everybody will actually be in Pottermore. Then we could talk about it together and all that. Before we say goodbye, we'd like to remind everybody 
about our website, mugglecast.com, has all the information you need about this podcast that we do each and every month. On the right side, you can find links to our iTunes, which uh, lets you subscribe and review us. You can follow us on Twitter, twitter.com slash mugglecast. You can like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash mugglecast, and our fan Tumblr, which is mugglecast.tumblr.com. And also on the MuggleCast website, you can find transcripts about all the hosts and oh, so much more. Transcripts about all the hosts. You mean bios? Um, or transcripts of each episode? Uh, transcripts for about each episode. And I, I thought I also said and the About Us page. Can you find out more about Bruce? No. I no. Don't think so. no, <laughs> no new info about Bruce is available there. That's coming soon, though. Don't you worry, Eric. <laughs> okay. Thanks, everyone, for listening. From Hypable.com, I'm Andrew Sims. From MuggleNet.com, I'm Eric Skull. From MuggleNet.com, I'm Mike Tannenbaum. And from MuggleNet.com, I'm Keith Huck. Or Michael. Depends on which one you're looking to. <laughs> Mikey. 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 <laughs> Mike. <laughs> Never Michael. <laughs> Is yeah, don't really call him that. Michael? He wouldn't like that. Yeah. I don't yeah. think he would like that. All right, we'll see everybody uh, next time. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Bye.